Hi, everybody. As always, we always say this, we just wish that we were together, that I, I've got many hugs in me that need to come out, but um, there will be that day, as Liam was just saying. So, um, yeah, welcome to church this morning. I'm actually going to start out with a little quick story, just because um, if you're watching a couple of weeks ago, Liam spoke about testimony. Um, and this is just a little, a little story, and I just thought it might encourage you while we're in lockdown, there's just little things that we can be doing that are great for other humans, but it's also really great for you. Um, so my beautiful sister Ange and I go to the hairdresser together, it's just a thing that we do. Anyway, there was a tiny minute we're out of lockdown where we went to the hairdresser and um, just chatted with her, and hairdressers are amazing people and they tell you lots of things. So we had a lot, a lot of her life. And that day, two of the things she told us, one was that she was going to have a baby, which is her first, which is awesome. And the second thing she said was that she'd been given a gift voucher to see a clairvoyant, which is just a thing that she does. Um, and so at the end of my hair appointment, I was just paying her and I said to her at the end, um, hey, I, I just want you to know I'm just going to be praying for you and for your little bub. And I said, the other thing I'd like to do for you, if you're cool with it, is I, sometimes I just listen to God for people um, and I'd like to do that for you and I, I'll just send it to you if that's okay. And she was like, yes, yes, I'd love that. So anyway, long story short, a couple of weeks ago, Ange and I, we put together a little gift. We put some baby clothes and um, Ange and I both just waited to hear the heart of the father for this woman. And um, I wrote my thing and Ange wrote her thing and, and we sent her off. Um, anyway, we got back, she re responded to us. She was like, basically it was funny, her one sentence was, thanks for the gift. And that's all she said about the gift. And then she said, and the card. And then she talked about reading the card and crying, crying the whole way through this reading the card, which was really just the heart of God for this woman. Um, and so we just felt so, like, I felt so happy, like, while I'm stuck in lockdown, I can just do these little things. So I just want to encourage you. One thing I was thinking of, we all have, like, a pretty special relationship with our takeaway coffee person at the moment, um, don't we? Um, we all have somewhere that we go on our walk and we get, get our coffee. Maybe just think about how can I say to that person, um, hey, I just want you to know I pray. Hey, um, I'm praying for your business during this time. And maybe even just ask the Lord for a word that you could even pop in if you don't want to do it. Like on the fly, you could prepare it and give it to the next time. So just a thought. Um, they'll feel good and you'll feel amazing. So give it a go. All right. So if you've got your Bible, crack it open or whatever you're doing on your device. We're in Exodus 16 this morning, and I'm just going to read Exodus 16:1. The whole Israelite community set out from Elim and came to the desert of Sin, which is between Elim and Sinai, on the 15th day of the second month after they'd come out of Egypt. In the desert, the whole community grumbled against Moses and Aaron. The Israelites said to them, if only we died by the Lord's hand in Egypt. There we sat around pots of meat and ate all the food we wanted. But you've brought us out into this desert to starve this entire assembly to death. Then the Lord said to Moses, I will rain down bread from heaven for you. The people are to go out each day and gather enough for that day. In, that, in this way, I will test them and see whether they'll follow my instructions. On the sixth day, they are to prepare what they bring in, and that's to be twice as much as they gather on the other days. 
And so we see here in Exodus 16 that God's people, they're not doing too well, are they? So they've escaped from Egypt, but they're just tired of walking in a never-ending desert. And they're complaining to their leaders, um, Moses and Aaron. And it was actually their grumbling that got the attention of God, who promises to send them bread and meat. I'm just going to read from verse 13. That evening quail came and covered the camp. And in the morning there was a layer of dew around the camp. When the dew was gone, thin flakes like frost on the ground appeared on the desert floor. When the Israelites saw it, they said to each other, what is it? They didn't know what it was. Moses said to them, it's the bread that the Lord has given you to eat. This is what the Lord has commanded. Everyone is to gather as much as they need. Take an omer for each person you have in your tent. The Israelites did as they were told. Some gathered much, some gathered little. When they measured it, the one who gathered much did not have too much. The one who gathered little did not have too little. Everyone gathered as much as they needed. And Moses said to them, don't keep any of it until morning. However, some of them paid no attention to Moses. They kept some of it till the morning and it was full of maggots and it smelled, it began to smell. And Moses was angry with them. So this bread is really the, the manna is what I want to talk about today. So it was a bread from heaven, which came with instructions on how to collect it and store it. And I'm going to go through some of the metaphors and the prophetic pictures for us in this story. It's just a little snapshot of life with God's people and God. And we today are in a little snapshot of life. I know it feels like it's in all of history. It's just a small little bit of life that we're in. I know this season feels like it's going for too long, but I'm going to go through this and find some little gold nuggets that we can use for us today. So I want to make some points on manna. The first thing is that it's given in the context or, or the setting of a desert. The second thing, it's supernaturally provided from heaven and it's new every morning. The third thing, it takes a tiny bit of effort to, or work to collect it. So people had to actually go and pick it up off the desert floor. Um, the fourth thing, the action of picking up manna is bending low. And the fifth thing, this manna provision lasted for 40 years until they were in the promised land. So I just want to find the little things in this story that's relatable for us. So I just want to start with the setting, which is the desert. So the Israelites, many of them will have been born in Egypt. They would have been born in captivity. And suddenly they find themselves walking in this desert in an unknown place. So unknown paths, places they've never been before. So I feel like at times in life we find ourselves walking in an unfamiliar place on an unknown path. Um, you might feel like that now, just trying to navigate this season. Um, or you might feel like the whole of life feels like a desert right now. Some of you have been feeling like that, I know. Um, or you might be like looking okay on the outside, but you just know like part of you is, is a bit desert-like. You know, it's like maybe it's your spirit or your heart or even your emotions. Um, they're not like a garden, they're more like a desert. We've all had these moments in our life, so I just know that some of you will relate to different things. Um, we'll come back to this as well. The next thing I'm going to notice in the story is the grumbling. <laughs> so, of course, none of us ever grumble, but, you know, other people that might grumble. So I'm not a psychologist, but I just know I'm talking to lots of people and I just know lots of people are pushed to the limit at the moment. 
Um, so let's be honest, we might all relate to the grumbling, dissatisfied Israelites. And what were they grumbling about? So they were wishing for the former days and they were hungry. All right. So in my house, we have a thing called hangry. I have three teenagers. Hangry is when you're hungry and it makes you angry and you're hard to be around. So I just imagine maybe that's what the Israelites were like. Maybe they were hangry. Now, I've actually written some points on grumbling. So let's just go through these. Um, Grumbling is sometimes also, um, it's like a lack of thankfulness. So here, the Israelites, they've only been out of Egypt for two months. And so instead of their um, first thing that they're coming out of their mouth is, thank you, God, for setting me free from Egypt. They're actually just, their focus is on the rumbly tummy and they are complaining. So they forgot really quickly. These are things that we really need to notice when we're reading these stories. They've forgotten quickly and they've chosen to not remember what they've seen God do on their behalf. So that they've seen some incredible things, haven't they, in Egypt? But they've chosen to complain instead of thank God. That's the first thing. Grumbling. Second thing on grumbling. It's just to focus on the wrong thing. So the focus now was on the feeling of being empty instead of the focus on the faithfulness of God the provider. And so even though they'd experienced firsthand Jehovah Jireh, they just became more aware of feeling hungry. And so it's simply, for us, it's simply what we're most aware of, isn't it? Third thing on grumbling, um, it can be fear or stress-based. Sometimes we just come across someone who's grumbling and complaining a lot. And it's sometimes um, just good to know it's just because they're really stressed or really afraid underneath. Um, So this fear is just sometimes because they haven't had an experience of the goodness of God. um, And so there isn't the trust that God is really going to come through for me in this season. Um, I like how Chris Vallotton describes fear as faith in the wrong God. It's just worth thinking about. Um, lastly, grumbling, and then I'll get off the grumbling. Um, grumbling often looks like looks for a scapegoat or it wants to point the finger. Um, grumbling can start us down a path sometimes, which looks for a target, and sometimes that target will be people. So we see that um, with the Israelites, they targeted their leaders. They targeted Moses and Aaron. Um, grumbling against people often has a critical spirit behind it. So it's just something we don't want to do. And it's something we don't want to partner with. And we just avoid that at all costs. And that's the end of the grumbling talk. <laughs> it's not pleasant, but just worth talking about. Now I want to look at God's response. So I just want to point out the lovely detail of God's reaction to the grumbling. And um, so basically God hears it and he responds So it's not like they're praying, they're on their knees, they're asking God to provide none of those. They're just complaining. And God is just this ultimately kind father and he provides what the people are longing for, which is bread to fill their tummies. Um, Verse four, then the Lord said to Moses, I will rain down bread from heaven for you. The people are to go out each day and gather enough for that day. So just how kind is God to his people? We just really need to remember the kind kind father that God is okay and all this is leading to the greatest metaphor that we have from this scene we get this beautiful prophetic picture of what the whole Old Testament points to which is Jesus in John Jesus says this I am the bread of life your ancestors ate the manna in the wilderness yet they died but here is the bread that comes down from heaven 
which anyone may eat and not die. I am the living bread that came down from heaven. Whoever eats this bread will live forever. Isn't that beautiful? So here's this point on manna. It's a supernatural provision from heaven. So that's Jesus, isn't it? He's the ultimate provision of the bread of life. He's the one who will fill us, sustain us, nourish us. Um, now, as we read in the story, the manna for today was fine, but the manna that people illegally stored overnight went off and had maggots in it. And I find this bit fascinating. Now, obviously, the metaphor ends a little bit here because Jesus is the bread of life. He's never going to go off. He's never going to have a hint of death because he is life. But I do wonder, you know, God's mercies um, being described as new every morning. And does God have fresh manna for us every day, every season, every month? I just think he does. So I was just pondering this and thinking how important it is to go to God for fresh revelation. Um, you know, the word of God, you know, where a man doesn't live on bread alone, but every word out of God's mouth. It's, the, it's this concept that it's just like an everyday, for every season nourishment that needs to come in. So we don't need last year's bread, last lockdown's bread. You might have had a thing that got you through last lockdown where God's like, hey, I'm going to do this for you and I'm this for you and this is your word to get you through this season. We can't be going off that thing either. Either <laughs> We need to be like this day, he says this for me this morning kind of thing. So I just think we're meant to collect it new every morning. On this, this is not a legalistic slap to make you have a daily quiet time. This is, don't hear that because that's not what I'm saying. It's just an invitation. It's a reminder that we can all find Jesus afresh. He's the bread of life. Even if you're feeling grumbly, tired, spent, sick of walking unknown paths, you're done with it. You're just tired of lockdown. Some of you are just tired of the lack of a finish line. You know you can't pace yourself because you're like, how long is this even going to go? Um, you're hangry, hungry and angry. Um, in all those things, he's still the source. He's still the bread of heaven. He's still the bread that will fill you, nourish you, keep you living and growing even in this season. Okay. The effort. So I just want to talk about, um, so the manna had a tiny bit of effort to it. If there was no effort, I just imagine the Israelites walking out of their tent, just opening their mouth and it would just drop in. That would be awesome. But this tiny bit of effort looked like they opened their tent, walk out, had to bend over, collect it, bring it back into their tent, prepare it. To me, this illustration is just partnering with God um, in how we get our bread for today. Just requires a tiny bit of effort. So if you're low on capacity, it's just tiny, tiny. You can do it. So have a think about what that might look like for you in your life. Bending low to pick it up. Um, this is a beautiful symbolic picture about humility and dependence. It's the bowing low before heaven to receive the bread that we need for today. You might want to try it physically. If your normal prayer stance is um, while you walk, some people like pray while they walk or they run or in their shower or while they drive the car, whatever. But if you've never tried actually just kneeling or try just lying down, face down on the floor, bending down, just try something different. And just ask, you know, with your manner, just, it's just one little thing. Like they're like little flakes, you know, just one little picture, one little word, God, one little thing that will, one impression that will sustain me for today. Um, if you're hangry, hungry and angry at God at the same time, angry at this whole situation, 
give that over to because as I said, he's that beautifully kind father who even, he can handle it basically. He can handle our complaining and our grumbling. And just a bit of perspective here too. We're always on the way to the promised land, right? So man has provided for us on the journey to your promised land. So broadly, that promised land is the fulfillment that everything that God has purchased for you. It's the exit from slavery and the entry into rest and abundance. Heaven is the fulfillment of that ultimately, but there's this stepping into the promised land that here and now that we get to do in our own lives. It's a great thing to um, thank God as you come to him for your daily bread. Remember, he's always about John 10, 10. You know, it's life, life to the full and abundance, whatever the season. He's just good like that. Okay. So practical, I'm just going to give you a couple of practical things you can do for your manna for today. Even during lockdown, we all have a little sliver of time, all right? Some of you are parents of tiny children that get up at 5.30 and that's so intense and it's awful. <laughs> but, so you might want to try finding 15 minutes, maybe well after they're in bed or during their afternoon nap. So if you can all find 15 minutes, just pitch yourself in a desert. Pitch yourself in a tent even. If you're not a pictures person, do this exercise with words or feelings, okay? So if you are a feelings impressions person, you might wanna just spend time becoming aware of the ground under your feet and feel it um, as like a desert floor, how unyielding and hard it is. Next, you might wanna picture all your grumbling and discontent. This is a great time to give all that over to God. He knows about it anyway, and he's, but he's just got fresh manner for you either way right and you're going to feel a whole lot better heavy handling the heaviness over so as you sit in this picture ask god to show you the manner so you can ask to see it or feel it in your hands or hear it if you're a person like more of an audible person you might want to hear it when it drops from heaven to earth just spend 15 minutes doing this just whatever way you're doing this just spend time becoming aware that god has manner for you today and then maybe ask God, how can I partner with you in collecting the manna? You know that picture, the bending, bending over and just a tiny bit of effort. Um, for some of you, that might be worship or prayer or intercession. For some of you, it's silence. Um, for some of you, it's a song. Um, for some of you, it's an action or you need to go on a run. Whatever you do, you do that thing. God is going to show you fresh ways of collecting the nourishment you need. So Jesus is always the bread of life. He never changes, but the form or the way that the nourishment comes to you could change. Just keep talking to God about that. I read that um, some Jewish scholars interpret that passage in the Bible with um, the manna coming um, is how a mother's milk changes daily for her baby, um, giving the baby the exact nourishment it needs for that day. So lastly, we just can't keep trying to be fed on yesterday's manner, all right? The thing that God taught us last season, last lockdown, even last week, it just needs to be fresh for the day we're in. If your capacity is super low, then just picture the effortless way that manna fell. It was like little flakes. I picture it like snowflakes falling down. It's like effortless provision coming down for you. It's quiet. It just has really nothing to do with you. You just get to watch it, okay? Um, if that's all the energy that you have, even if you picture that picture and just say, thank you, God, I, I, know that, I know that that's true and I know that you have something for me. 
okay? So I just want to finish by blessing you with um, just being filled with the bread of life for this day, Jesus, the bread of life, that God will fill you and grow you and remind you of the destination that he has for you, your promised land. I pray that your hope is high and your expectations of his goodness and his kind words for you are huge. Um, I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen, guys.